Finally, a day with nobody transferring out or transferring in. Tar Heel Nation, we finally have a second to catch our breath and take stock of what's going on and what's next. Who's coming for Carolina and who do we want? <laughs> We're about to tell you. You are Locked on Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, it's Wednesday, March 29th, 2023. Welcome in to the Locked on Tar Heels podcast, the only daily North Carolina show out there. I'm your host, and I'm joined as we are every Wednesday by our guy, Coach Peck Kilby. We want to thank you for making Locked on Tar Heels your first listen or watch every single day. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook the official sports book of the Locked On Network. Make every moment more. Visit Locked On, excuse me, visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Coming up on the show, uh, a fun question that Pac posed to me the other day that I was like, hey, we need to talk about that on the show. He said, if you could have any of the guys, any of the six guys that transferred out back, who would it be? We're going to give you our choices for that. We'd love to hear yours as well. We want to talk about Nick Timberlake, who is a transfer that is right now uh, on an official visit to Chapel Hill. But first, we want to ask the question, which of the current transfer targets is the most important for Carolina's success? And there's an interesting nuance to the way to ask that question. But Pac, before I ask you that question, I want to mention something that I didn't tell you I was going to do. I looked back at... Um, Around this time last year, I was like, it's got to be close to when we first interacted with each other. And I looked back in our Twitter DMs, and the first time you ever sent me a Twitter message was March 25th of last year. So as you're watching the show, folks, that's uh, a year and four days ago. And so, man, I just wanted to say what a fun year it's been getting to know you digitally. But uh, folks, for, for those of you who don't know, we just share a lot in common. We share our faith in common. We're both family men. Uh, with two kids who just love what we get to do, love our wives dearly. And buddy, like, I know we still haven't met in person, but this has been one of the best joys of the last year of my life. And I look forward so much to every Tuesday night when we get to record. So thanks for who you are and uh, for, for this relationship we've been able to develop. Well, thank you. Uh, you know, uh, for those, the listeners, I just messaged Isaac on a whim uh about about a year ago now and just said hey man like how do you do what you do i want to get into it and next thing you know it just kind of sparked off and here we are a year later and so but i totally agree it's been it's been a blessing i appreciate you i appreciate just the opportunity to be on here and interact with our fans and it's just awesome it's a blessing so thank you and let's do it for another year Hey, I'm here for that. Let's have another year. Hopefully a, a better next college basketball season. Hopefully a great college football season. We still got all sorts of great spring sports going on. Boy, oh boy, oh boy, lots to talk about. But uh, Pac, here's the question I want to start by asking here in this first segment. Obviously, there's there's a lot of transfer buzz and news and noise out there. Some of it very public, some of it behind the scenes and scuttlebutt and rumors and all of that kind of stuff. But as we look at this landscape right now, which of the current transfer targets do you think is the most important for Carolina's success in 
Um, I think Dalton Connect is the the biggest that we can get right now. Now, I want to say before I go into this, everybody has seen if you're if you follow Carolina on Twitter, there's been some smoke between Justin Moore and the University of North Carolina. If he gets in the portal, that to me becomes our biggest priority. <laughs> That's right. But, but he's not. So we'll talk about Dalton for a minute. And let me say really quickly, uh, I, I I teased somebody the other day, and it was Justin Moore, uh, by the way. And so several have asked, like, who was it? Why would you even bring it up? I get that. like, But it's just like I had just found out about it, and I was excited, but I was, like, sworn to secrecy. But now that folks are bandying it about on Twitter, I don't mind mentioning his name. That would be awesome. But he's not officially in the transfer portal yet, so that's not the answer to our question. Pack back to you. All right, so let's let's talk about Dalton Connect because this kid is is really talented. Um, and if you remember a couple of weeks ago, I kind of told everybody that you know we need to start thinking of less Leaky Black at the three and more Justin Jackson. And this is certainly trending in that direction. Uh, he would be a perfect fit for us at the three. He can score multiple levels. He's got good size. He's got good length. Um, I think he's six six, maybe six seven. Correct me if I'm wrong on that. Yep, that's uh, that's what I've seen. Is somewhere right in that range. Yeah. yeah. So he's got he's got the height, he's got the length, he's a dynamic scorer, uh, and to me, he fits everything we're looking for. And so I think to me, with, especially with our need at, at the wing position, he becomes you know our biggest target right now. Yep, I'm right. I'm right with you. If you had asked me the same question, I would have given you the same answer. I'm glad. We got Paxson Wojcik, uh, very close to your name. I laughed on yesterday's show because I was like, "Do you, d- does anyone ever call you Paxson instead of Paxton? Oh, yes. All the yeah, time. that happens to my Paxton too. And so I was like, this is just going to complicate my life further now that the Tar Heels have a Paxson. Um, but, and um, so anyway, I, I'm appreciative for him. I think he is more depth. Um, and we'll talk about Nick Timberlake here in a little bit. But I think with Connect, he could be a legitimate starter at the three. Yeah. And and I don't feel like I'm overblowing that. Part mm-hmm. of it is because Carolina has had an exodus of wings. Obviously, Leakey had no eligibility left. But of Carolina's six transfers out, three of them, Tyler Nickel, Puff Johnson, and Dontrez Styles, are all play that position, right? And so... I, I, I think there's something where you got to refill that position with guys like this. You saw what like Jordan Miller did for Miami on Sunday. My word, literally perfect from the field and the free throw line, right about this same size and build as connect. I mean, this dude uh, last season at the other UNC university of Northern Colorado had 18 games of 20 or more points. He had three games of 30 or more points just a guy that really, really fills it up. Last season, averaged 20.2 points a game, shot 38% from three, and oh, by the way, uh, did that, that 38% from three, while averaging, excuse me, 6.3 attempts per game. I mean, that's in line with how many attempts Caleb Love shot, like a like maybe one less per game than Caleb Love, but essentially 10 percentage points higher making it from the three position. And so, Pac, with what you've talked about, uh, with getting needing a scoring wing to to help take the load off of Mondo when everyone's going to crash in on him, boy, this would certainly do it for me. What do you think? 
No, I totally agree. And I just, I meant to say this earlier, I, I kind of want to squash a little bit of a narrative. Okay. I think I've seen some people say, oh, he's from Northern Colorado. You know, he's, I don't know if he can play at North Carolina. Well, just look at the NCAA tournament. Okay. Look at Princeton. You know, they're doing it with guys that weren't the top tier. Um, I think I saw, don't quote me on this. I believe I read that this is the first Final Four without a single McDonald's on American participating in. That's, I saw the same thing. I haven't gone to verify it, but I saw that. And I also saw it's the first Final Four without a first, second, or third team All American in it. Yeah. And so, you know, the point is, guys, there's good players everywhere. And whether it's Brown or University of Northern Colorado or Princeton or Florida Atlantic, you know, it, there's good players everywhere. And, you know, if they're averaging 20 points a game or in Paxson's um, case, 14 points a game, they're pretty stinking good. And now I'm not saying they're going to come in and start or be all Americans, but they're good enough to help us win. And so I just hope that you can kind of take that in pers- to perspective when you're looking at these guys. They're, they're pretty good. And, and Carolina needs shooting. That, we've just been saying that over and over and over. And both Paxson Wojcik and Dalton Connect are over 35 point, or 35% from three for their careers, not just the most recent season. That's very important. And, oh, when you think about, like, is, does it transfer up to the ACC level? Well, I know that rankings aren't everything, but 247 Sports, not only do they maintain high school recruit rankings, but because of the transfer portal era now also have transfer portal rankings. I'm just going to say this and leave it here and pack, uh, pack, you can respond to it how you want. Dalton connect right now is fifth on that list of transfer portal rankings. Caleb love is 10th. Again, rankings aren't everything. And I'm not even saying that he's a better basketball player than Caleb. Hear me not putting it that way. I'm just saying he's in the same vicinity of Caleb in terms of what 247 Sports, one of the most reputable ranking sites out there, is saying about him. That ain't nothing, right? And I think a huge part of this is the way I I phrased this question that we initially asked to start this segment. Which of the players is the most important for Carolina next year? They've already got a bunch of dudes at the one and two positions, whether it's R.J. Davis or DeMarco Dunn, Seth Tremble, Simeon Wilcher, now Paxson Wojcik as well. Maybe Nick Timberlake if he comes. Maybe he could play some three. Um, but Carolina desperately needs wing depth, and not just depth, but a wing starter. Like if you looked at the roster today, who's starting at the three? Maybe it's a true three guard lineup, similar to Baylor or uh, San Diego State or something, right? But man, Connect I think would be a massive piece and I legitimately could see him slotting in to the starting lineup. Well, Pack, I love getting to talk about him. Some obviously we'll hear more as Carolina continues to try to make some headway there. We'll see what other programs are interested in him. There's going to be a bunch. I can tell you that. Next, we want to talk about Nick Timberlake, the Towson transfer, who right now is on an official visit to North Carolina. We will do that in just a second. But first, Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. The tournament is in the home stretch pack. We're down to the final four, and now's the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. 
So download the FanDuel Sportsback book app today. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. And then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and three-pointers drain. Make sure you check out the lines for this weekend's final four action. Uh, Great games there. I think the San Diego State-Florida Atlantic game is just a a one-and-a-half point spread. Meanwhile, UConn's favored by five-and-a-half over Miami. FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on. Once again, that's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more about it. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Pack, by the way, real quickly, who you got in these two final four games? I'll take San Diego State. Yep. In Miami. Woo! San Diego State to win it all. No. Stop it. I love it. I'm here for that. Uh, I am clipping this out if they pull that off. I love it. I love it. I love it. All right. Let's go to Nick Timberlake. He is a transfer from Towson University. We've talked about him a good deal. So we're not going to relitigate his whole biography right now. Um, But he started his official visit to North Carolina on Tuesday. And uh, a day after getting Pax and Woj sick, Pax, I want to ask the question. Uh, I just called you Pax. Pax, there's too many of you in my life right now. <laughs> should, should Carolina still be pursuing Nick Timberlake even after getting this commitment from Woj sick? What do you think about that? What's your answer? You know, I'm, I'm fine with it uh, just because of the amount of scholarships that we have to fill. I mean, there's six. So um, to me, you know, Wojcik adds some shooting. I think that we have another spot available to add more shooting. Uh, and to be to be honest with you, especially in today's day and age, I don't think you can have too much shooting. No, no. Uh, and the thing I really like about Timberlake is, you know, just watching his game and watching uh, some of his highlights from his time at Towson, he is not just – a spot shooter like Towson runs sets specifically for him to get shots yeah Yeah. opponents are chasing him because they know the shots coming to him and he's still hitting them you know (laughs) like he won't be he won't really be asked to do that at North Carolina just to be honest with you he's going to get to do the spot shooting and to me that means he can be an even more efficient shooter and because he was efficient doing it off the chase with a hand in his face. You know, now teams are going to be queuing on Baycott. They're going to be queuing on RJ Davis. They're going to be queuing on, hopefully, Dalton Connect. But it's going to open up him to be able to just catch and shoot. And so, to me, I really like the way he could, you know, fit. Uh, he's a sneaky good athlete. He's got some decent size. Yeah, 6'4". Um, so, yeah. And so, you know, to me, I think he's a good fit. I like that we're pursuing him. And I think we have room for shooting. So. Yeah. You, you always have room for shooting, especially when you got six scholarships available. Yeah. <laughs> like we didn't say it about connect, but sometimes when you think about guys that are taking, you know, six threes a game, you're like, ah, but he probably doesn't get inside the line too much. Connect last year averaged nine, two point attempts per game. Like he's shooting inside the arc too. And when you look um, here at what Timberlake's been doing last year, he averaged, 
uh, 6.73 point attempts per game, but also 6.42 point attempts per game. So both of these guys, like you're saying, with the athleticism, aren't settling. They're getting to the rim and they're finding shots from outside. I love all of that. And oh, by the way, he had more three-point attempts, Timberlake did, than Connect last year, 6.7, and connected on them at a 41.6% clip. It's not a fluke. It's not an anomaly. The year before, he shot 5.6 uh, three-point attempts uh, per game and connected at a 40.6% clip. This dude is a legit guy who's been in college for five years already. He would bring all sorts of veteran leadership to this team, a career 37.9% three-point shooter. So another guy that's 35 or more. Following a year where Carolina had one of the lowest three-point team shooting percentages in program history, if they could land all three of these guys to fill out three of their six scholarships, you're going to have shooting. And I know that not all of them are going to get a ton of minutes, but when you're just taking a couple flyers like this, I'm going to guarantee you that at least one, if not two, and maybe all three of these guys are going to be offensive juggernauts. Ah, that's probably too strong. I'm going to reel that back in. Offensively strong at different points, if not the entire season, if they were to come to Chapel Hill. Mm-hmm. Well, and and Pac, here's the thing with Timberlake, right? So Carolina was at home with him last week in Massachusetts. Again, he started his official visit yesterday, Tuesday. And there are a whole bunch of folks that are schools that have expressed interest in him. But here's what Timberlake told Inside Carolina about North Carolina. He said, they think I can come in and help the program, which is definitely an exciting thing to hear from such a high level program like theirs. They see me in a guard role working within the offense and hopefully knocking down some shots from the outside if I do decide to come. Later, he told 247 Sports, playing in the CAA, I would like to take a step up. Whether it be a power five school or a high level team, I want to go somewhere where I feel comfortable. I'm open to all options, but my main goal is to play at the highest level. That stuff plays a big role. I'm looking to be an impactful player on a winning team. I want to compete in March Madness and get my feet wet in the tournament. It would be a great thing to accomplish. And here's that leadership dynamic. I feel I can bring a scores mentality and veteran leadership. I have played in over 100 games in my college career and have been part of a winning program at Towson for the last two years. I've been the main guy for those two years, and I feel that will help me impact winning at an even higher level. Pack Carolina needs leadership. Nick Timberlake's got it. Pack Carolina needs scoring. Nick Timberlake's got it. Pack Carolina needs shooting. Nick Timberlake's got it. He would bring all of this. But the question we always have to ask with these guys is this. Can he successfully transfer up from the CAA to the ACC? What do you think? I think, yeah. Um, and that goes back to kind of what I talked about earlier. The CAA, the ACC, I mean, yeah, don't get me wrong. I, I, I know they're different tiers, but at the end of the day, a lot of those guys are good enough to play at that level. And, it, you know, for whatever reason, it didn't work out. Maybe they didn't get seen. Maybe they chose to go a smaller school route because they could play a bigger role in scoring or more minutes or whatever. But I'm just telling you, these guys are pretty damn good. And um, I think the same thing when I look at Nick Timberlake. I think he's pretty damn good, and I think he's got a chance to play um, quite a bit for us, provide, like you said, leadership and scoring. And I think that, you know, I I definitely think he can transfer up and and be successful. Yeah. Well, 
folks, there's at least, as of the time of this recording, 247 Sports has one crystal ball in for Timberlake to Carolina, and it's not from a Carolina um, writer or anything like that. It was from uh, a guy from Maryland. So I haven't looked into who he is or his track record, but a non-Carolina third-party person is predicting him to Carolina. So we will wait and see on that pack. We got one more conversation to have, and I'm really curious to hear your answer on this one and to give you mine. And here's the question that we want to look at that I teased off the top. Carolina has six players in the transfer portal right now. I want to know if you could have one of them back on the roster for next season, who would it be and why? We'll get to that question in just a second. Pat Kilby, North Carolina Tar Heels have... Six players, count them six players that have entered the transfer portal in the two weeks since it's been open. Just as a refresher for everyone, that's Justin McCoy, Tyler Nickel, Dontress Styles, Puff Johnson, Will Shaver, and of course, Caleb Love. That's the order in which they entered that I listed them there. Pack, as you look at that group of six thirteenths of last year's scholarship players, if you could get one of them back to Chapel Hill next year, tell me who it would be and why. And then I want to give you my answer as well. Well, my answer is Dontrez Styles. Um, to me, I think he's got something that you can't really teach. He's got elite level athleticism. Mm. He's got size. To me, I think he's got promise as a defender. Um, he's got some things we need. The one thing he doesn't have that we need that we've talked a lot about is shooting. And, you know, when I really look at it, to be honest with you, and this is no disrespect to anybody else that's transferring, because I'm a fan of all of them, but I narrowed it down in my mind to Puff Johnson and Dontrez Styles. Mm. And this is how I broke it down. Puff, although could use some consistency in his shooting, he's a better shooter. I think we can all agree Dontrez is probably a better athlete. Now, you tell me. Is it easier for Puff to become a better athlete or Dontrez to become a better shooter? Hmm. To me, I think it's a lot easier to become a better shooter because a lot of being an athlete is, I mean, just being naturally gifted and blessed in areas. And Theo Pinson is a great example of that. Yes, absolutely. Um, so anyways, long story short, I went with Dontrez because I think he has elite level athleticism. I think the shooting and the scoring are things that can come over time especially given a consistent chance in games, which he didn't get, which is why he's in the portal. Yep. Uh, but if he had that, I think that may help with development. And I think that he's going to be a really, really good player wherever he goes. And I think that with all of these guys, including Puff, I just – Dontrez is the one that it really hurts to lose him, in my opinion. What about you? Yeah, also, I've heard that Dontrez has very much got NC State on his radar – Come on, bro. Yeah. Just, just no. Um, for me, I'm going with Tyler Nickel. And it's for some of the reasons you just said. I, I kind of weeded Dontrez out because of the lack of shooting. I agree with you that I think he can get there, but I don't think he will get there at a high enough level in the time that Carolina needs him to. With Tyler, he already has that. He didn't get a chance to show it off enough this year. So similar to what you said about Dontrez, that's why he's in the portal now, unfortunately. But this dude is the leading high school scorer ever 
in Virginia, like Allen Iverson. No, right. Mac McClung. No, it is Tyler nickel. And this guy kind of similar to Caleb love is not afraid of any shot at any time. He showed that this year, but part of the reason I pick him over somebody like Caleb or even over puff is I think he brings shooting at what's going to be a more consistent level long-term than either puff or Caleb brings like from an efficiency standpoint. He also has that requisite height that you need. And he's just a guy that's got that. Like, I feel like he's got that attitude of like, I'm about to walk out here and beat you. I don't care who you are, what you do or where you're from. My name's Tyler nickel and I'm about to win your life. Right. And so I just think he's got that scoring mentality. I know the defense was the big, like, ah, with him. But similar to what we talked about with the shooting, I think he would grow in that enough to be able to, like, kind of like Brady Manick did last year, where it was like the, the knock on him was the defense. He did what he had to do on Palo Bancaro twice last year to help Carolina win basketball games over Duke, right? That dude was the number one pick in the draft. I, I think Tyler Nickel would have eventually figured this out. So if I could have one guy back, it's Tyler Nickel because it's such a position of need for Carolina. And that's part of why that was so shocking to see him leave for me. We'd love to hear y'all's answers as well. Who would you have chosen? Would it have been Caleb Love? Would it have been Puff Johnson? I, I ultimately couldn't pick Puff just because of the health stuff, man. It's just... It's just he's in and out too much. Outside of that, I might have gone with him, honestly. Pack one quick thing before we get out of here today. On yesterday's show on Tuesday, as we were talking about the Caleb Love transfer news, one of the things I did was to rank his shot at where I thought it falls in the Carolina hierarchy of greatest shots of all time. I ultimately landed on putting it fourth behind the Michael Jordan National Championship shot in the 82 National Championship game behind the Luke May shot to uh, break a tie. can't Still can't believe that Kentucky tied that game up and send North Carolina to the Final Four. And then behind Joe Quigg's free throws and triple overtime to ho- help knock off Kansas in the undefeated 1957 National Championship year. And then Caleb's shot, I put fourth right behind all of that. Uh, it feels like one of those things where you could go about any order with this thing. Where are you putting the Caleb Love shot? I've got it. I've got it at number two. Ooh. Uh, and I'll kind of walk through my reasonings. You know, MJ over Georgetown, that's number one. I think that's probably close to number one on everybody's. <laughs> we all know why. It's national championship. Uh, and Dean Smith's first. So it was pretty, pretty dang cool. Um, and the birth of Michael Jordan. But, you know, you got number two, Caleb Love's shot. Um, and I know you and I kind of talked. The one knock on it is that we were already in the lead when he hit the shot. That's right. But it holds a special place in my heart for several reasons. Number one, I was there live. So it was just awesome. And when it went in, you can attest that place went nuts. (laughs) I mean, even the Kansas and Villanova fans that were there watching were going nuts. Like, I can't believe this just happened. And, you know, just the fact that the shot was the icing on the cake of me not having to see Coach K on the sidelines anymore. And it was Carolina's only game against Duke in the NCAA tournament, which happened to be in the Final Four. To me, it was just all that put together made it made it number two. And then number three was was Luke May's shot over Kentucky. 
I wasn't, I didn't witness that one in person, but I promise y'all I was running around my living room, my kitchen, <laughs> going nuts when he hit. So I was there in spirit. But uh, yeah, those are all three, obviously amazing Carolina moments, but I put that one in number two. I love it. I love it. And folks, this is a story for another day that I'll tell, but I had a chance to be at that Luke May game and told my wife no. And so I could have been at two of the three greatest shots live and in person in Carolina history, but uh, it was not to be, and I will forever kick myself for that. By the way, one I wanted to mention uh, that has been lost to history that I think is one of the greatest ones ever that several people commented on on yesterday's show is the Marcus Page shot to tie up Villanova Mm. in the 16 national championship game, that double clutch. It's been lost to history, uh, not, not in the Carolina realm, but, but nationally because of the Chris Jenkins shot. But man, can you imagine like, where would that shot rank if it had either won the game or if Carolina had gone on to win in overtime, like that, that's just because Carolina barely was able to get even to that point of tying the game back up. They should not have. It was wild and crazy. And gosh, I just wanted Marcus Page and Bryce Johnson to win a national championship. Sad sad day. You know, one I thought about throwing in there, this is just, this is, I don't know, maybe personal, just, I didn't really care for Seth Greenberg and Virginia Tech, or, you know, and uh, Tyler Hansbrough hit that shot, the game-winning shot in the ACC tournament. Then he and went that, through. Yeah, this shot right here. That was a that was a good one for me because I always felt like, and I think Seth does a, a decent job as an analyst. I just always felt like he was complaining or whining to the committee about not getting in. I just got so tired of it. And Tyler Hansrell said, "Here, take you some of this." So, <laughs> oh man, I remember that one very well. I thought Carolina was going to lose that basketball game. Folks, it's been a great show. Once again, we'd love to hear your thoughts on what transfer player you'd want to have back. If you didn't already, tell us in the comments. We'd love to know your favorite shots in Carolina history, as well as what you think of these transfer targets Carolina is pursuing. Y'all, that's it for today's episode of the show. You can follow it on Twitter, Locked on Heels. Follow our guy, Pack at Coach underscore K23. Follow me at Isaac Shade. Email the show, LockedOnTarHeels at gmail.com. We'd love to chat with you there as well. We've already said, don't forget to comment, but also please subscribe to the show. Lots and lots of people subscribing for the first time. We're so grateful for all the newcomers. Thank you for tuning in with us. Also smash the like button. And for your next listen, check out Locked On College Basketball, a brand new show on the Locked On Network where myself and Andy Patton bring you everything you need to know from around the college basketball landscape, just like this show, five days a week on the Locked On Network. You can find it on YouTube and anywhere else you get podcasts, your team every day. You guys, it's always a great day to be a Tar Heel. Until tomorrow, peace. Peace.